Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,933. The topic is Q&A and the title is Nutrition and Training Adjustments for Low Testosterone. So I do help clients uh, with low testosterone issues. Uh, I'm not a doctor, so I don't help them with uh, specific medications or writing prescriptions or anything. But people often come to me when they're struggling to make progress. One of the things I urge people to do if they haven't done so recently is to get blood work done to check their hormones. So we check specifically kind of thyroid, testosterone, estrogen, those kind of hormones. And if we find that they're outside of healthy range or they're severely less than optimal, I encourage them to go see a hormone specialist. Uh, I have my own preferences, and what I'm going to say in today's podcast would reflect my opinions. Um, And what I I mean by that, like for example, is I'm not a a big fan of going to a general um, doctor, like a regular uh, uh, practitioner, uh, family doctor kind of thing. Uh, for hormone health because I have I just haven't seen great results for my clients or for family members when they go to a general physician. I really believe that you should go to a hormone specialist. Uh, just like if you were having you know an eye issue, you would go to an eye specialist. If you had a, a foot issue, you would go to a foot specialist. So it can be helpful to talk to a general physician to get some general advice and then maybe get um, a recommendation or you know get what you need in order to get to uh, the hormone specialist uh, get a referral but I do believe getting to a hormone specialist would be the best approach because they're going to have the most up-to-date knowledge they're going to have great experience if that's pretty much all they do all day. (laughs) Uh, They're going to have really good experience compared to somebody who that's one of many things they do all day. So that's my opinion. If you don't like it, I understand. (laughs) Uh, You don't have to listen any further, but that is my opinion. And that is what I urge my clients to do is to go talk to a hormone specialist and They can either show the recent blood work. I know some hormone specialists make you take brand new blood work. uh, But it's good for them to see it. It's good for you to get some advice from somebody who has uh, that type of like medical-based knowledge. And then the knowledge that I provide is helping with nutrition and exercise and kind of lifestyle factors which are beyond the scope of what the doctor would uh, be able to help with. So it's kind of like a a team approach. That's the idea. Now, when we approach this, and this is for males and females, by the way. So I have females with hormone issues and I have males with hormone issues. So uh, the title uh, being low testosterone, we might automatically think of males, but that that, that does not exclude females. Females can absolutely have low testosterone. They can have uh, hormone issues a lot like significant amount of the clients that I have uh, that have hormone issues are females. (laughs) So um, it it can definitely affect uh, uh, both male and females. So our approach, what I do with my clients is to focus on kind of four key areas is stress management, sleep quality, nutrition quality, and then exercise. Now, we're going to be doing that along with 
them talking to a hormone specialist and getting any advice they would have and maybe any recommendations they might have on kind of supplements because I don't like to give supplements advice. I do it with one-on-one clients, but I will not do it in a podcast because when I do it with my one-on-one clients, I get to know their history and we communicate via text message or email like every week and they talk to me about anything that comes up. I talk to them about anything that comes up and we get to manage any potential effects before they actually really become anything. Uh, but the reason why I hesitate to make any suggestion in a broad format like this is a lot of testosterone boosting supplements can, can bring with it blood pressure problems. And if I'm not there to help you manage that, or I don't know your history, I am certainly not going to throw something out there that could get you in, you know, worse health. <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I apologize if that's what you came for, but I'm not going to give any supplement recommendations on the podcast. So I would encourage you to talk to a hormone specialist and ask uh, their advice. The other benefit, like the other component, is a lot of supplements that are geared towards increasing the natural production of one hormone, say for example, testosterone, your body is then going to produce a counter effect. So if you take an exogenous source, like outside of the body source, that increases testosterone production, your body is going to register that the balance in the body is different. So therefore it might respond by increasing estrogen. And then if you were to stop taking that testosterone supplement, you're now in a worse off position because your testosterone will come down, but your estrogen will be high. So there will be a period of time before your estrogen will come down where you're actually in an even worse hormonal situation, assuming that it does come all the way back down and re-stabilize. This is where a lot of people got in trouble with pro-hormones in the past that they would take uh, there were things like mass tabs and some other ones that people would get huge effects from. And it was almost like they were taking oral steroids and they were getting very negative counter effects like acne, gynecomastia, uh, women would get hair growth and other issues, uh, more masculinizing effects. So that was a, a big, a big, big, big issue when people were taking pro-hormones was the, the after effects. So again, I do not want to recommend anything where I can't be part of the management of that recommendation. (laughs) So again, I'm sorry about that, but I would encourage you to reach out to a hormone specialist uh, in your area. In, In the Charlotte area, I recommend clients go to Premier Hormone Health. It's actually, they can work with you virtually or in person. And the reason why is because I, I, I know clients who have had success with that company. And they've been able to find a, a, an increase in the hormone balance and health with, any, with manageable and no known kind of negative effects. Uh, and what I, why I'm saying it that way is, is you know, we don't, we don't know where their health's going to be in 20 years. But for the education and knowledge that we have now, for the tests that we can run now, they are in a better place. They report feeling better. Everything looks better in blood work. Everything's going well. Uh, the joints are better, strength better. They're feeling leaner, stronger, more muscular, all the good stuff that you would typically want with a better hormone balance. They're finally achieving it. Better mental clarity, better emotional control. I mean, gosh, the whole thing has gone improved. 
but blood pressure is controlled. Uh, hormonal balance profile is good. Uh, you know, no cholesterol problems, no other problems. Uh, so as of what we can know and what we can see, everything looks good. So that is my recommendation for local clients. Uh, for clients I work with, uh, like all across the United States and in, in other countries, um, you know, we, we tip, I typically encourage them to find sources local to them. And then in other countries, we have to go through all the different um, healthcare protocols. So some countries, it's crazy expensive to get your hormones checked. Some countries, it's it might be cheap to get them checked, but it's crazy expensive to get uh, to a specialist. There's, there's always little, like, hoops and uh, <laughs> stuff to jump through. But we typically will find a way. The other benefit is... You can get natural improvement of hormones by managing stress, sleep, nutrition, and exercise. So, for example, I had a male client. His natural testosterone, his his, his tested testosterone levels were in the 200s. And he was in his late 20s. He asked me if he should get on, you know, TRT or hormone replacement. And I was like, well, like, tell me a little bit about what you're going, what's going on. Well, he had just gone through a divorce. He was the sole custody of his child. He was going to grad school, had two jobs, balancing the child while doing all of that and dealing with like the financial hardship of having to move and dealing with uh, the divorce and stuff. So stress beyond measure <laughs> and um you know his his sleep was crap absolute crap he was sleeping a couple hours here or there between job shifts nutrition gosh was it awful um he was eating at least but it was whatever he could find wherever he could find it and we talked and here he had, his grad school was going to finish up in like two or three months and then we also knew okay by then he had a place lined up to live once he was done being on campus he he was starting to get like his elements of childcare would be in place. So there were elements where like the stress would be reduced. And then at the end of that summer, I believe it was the summer. So a couple months later, like say three months, his natural levels were back up into like the 500s. And then we tested another uh, three months after that. And I believe it was back up into the sixes. So it was a huge improvement. He, he didn't need to get on, um, any kind of, uh, you know, hormone therapy at the time. It was just, we had to just manage, all of the chaos that was his life and through the management of that and by the time just passing so he was able to get through school and stuff uh his his natural uh hormones did improve so people will sometimes go through seasons of life that are just extraordinarily challenging and your body is going to have a stress response sometimes that stress response can be just the hormones absolutely tanking um you know we are we might be familiar with other things like um skin irritations uh you know blood pressure heart palpitations like there are so many ways in which stress from inside the body can express itself outwardly but it also can have that expression on the inside as well so there have been many 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 cases where i've been able to work with people and we've focused on uh, you know, stress management, sleep, nutrition, and exercise, and we've seen a significant increase in natural production, so much so that they were able to then just kind of take that, run with it, good improvements, had a better quality of life, and then we never actually went and, and did any extra therapies. Um, sometimes we'll get on some supplements, 
get a little bit of boost, get through a phase, you know, build stuff up, then it can come back off. Um, there's there's kind of all over the gamut <laughs> of what people have needed um, in different cases. But you absolutely can make a significant improvement by managing stress, sleep, nutrition, and exercise. So do not discredit those lifestyle uh, factors. They will absolutely 100% make a difference. So I would encourage you to focus on those as you would also go see a hormone specialist and, and get their feedback as well. So some things we do for stress management. One of the things I, I, I emphasize with clients is stress management isn't only about stress reduction. There's a lot of life that we just cannot eliminate. There's not a lot of life we can't you know, sweep under the rug. We can't pretend doesn't exist. You can't focus only on the elimination or the reduction of stress. You do need to focus on your ability to endure it. And what I mean by that is by focusing on your nutrition and exercise, that can actually improve sleep quality. And then whenever sleep quality improves, all of a sudden you have more resiliency to stress. So if you have tried stress management before and it hasn't worked, you may have just tried stress reduction. And as I said, a lot of things in life can't be reduced. (laughs) Um, What I would encourage you then is to, if you haven't yet, work on stress resiliency, which would be to focus on nutrition exercise, and then those two will improve sleep quality, and then that will improve your stress uh, resiliency. Now, there are ways in which we want to mentally manage stress that can absolutely help. It doesn't help with reduction. It just helps with organization. We want to organize our stress, uh, and that can help quite a bit. There's an older podcast, number 1023, If your podcast player does not go back that far, you can go to our website, www.brutalirongym.com. On the homepage, there's a podcast player that goes back 300 episodes. But underneath that podcast player are instructions on how to find older podcasts, whether you're on a mobile device or a laptop. Podcast 1023 is titled Mindset, Stress Management, Options, and Priorities. This is absolutely like my first thing that I start working with with clients when we start working on stress management is, you know, we have to define our priorities in life. We have to see what options we have to meet each priority. So if we have a good day, a great day, a shitty day, (laughs) uh, we have to still meet these demands, meet these needs. What does that look like when we can do it optimal versus good enough versus uh, it was something. <laughs> so we talk about that. A good book for that, by the way, is Atomic Habits. Um, and there's another book called Elastic Habits. Those are very good books. Uh, but th- understanding priorities, then understanding the options that you have available to you to meet those priorities can then help you manage your day to where you're not reacting throughout your day as much as you can be proactive throughout your day. You will know as the day goes, okay, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Rather than as the day goes, oh crap, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. So rather than the focus being on what you cannot do, you actually will be able to focus on what you can yet do, regardless of how the day goes. So I would really, really encourage you to check out that podcast. The next thing we want to talk about is sleep 
Um, podcast 1149 is a mindset podcast titled Creating a Healthier Sleep Pattern. Great podcast. I know I made it, so I'm going to be biased, but great podcast <laughs> because we talk about how you can prepare for the sleep that you want to have tonight, it, like starting like yesterday. So it's all a cycle. Like what I do yesterday bleeds into today, bleeds into you know the morning, then into the afternoon, then the evening, then into the tomorrow morning. Like a sleep pattern isn't just what you do at night. It's what you do during the day as well. Uh, and that podcast talks about that, kind of the overall approach to creating a healthier sleep pattern. One of the big things is consistency in bedtime. Really, honestly, try to go to bed at the same time every night. It's healthier for you to get up earlier to get something done than it is to stay up later. Uh, you will wreck your sleep quality. You will wreck your hormones. It's better to go to bed on a, on a consistent time and then get up an hour earlier if you need to rather than trying to stay up an hour later, which just kind of messes everything up. So that's one suggestion is it's better to get up early than to go to bed late. Another suggestion is to reduce stimulus leading into bedtime, try to bring lights down, try to bring sounds down, try to bring just any kind of activity, try to reduce that down. You want to try to like like ramp down for the day, bring everything down, <laughs> noises down, lights down, sounds down, activity down, just down, down, down. <laughs> try to get your body quiet, try to get your environment quiet. Uh, and reduce stimulus so that we can start to get the body naturally ready to fall asleep. And then in the morning, do the opposite. Um, you can absolutely self-sabotage and set the alarm on your phone before you go to bed and then slide the phone across the room on the carpet. And then when it's going off in the morning, you'll curse yourself out, but you'll have to get out of bed to go turn it off, or you'll just try to sleep through it. So make the alarm as loud, obnoxious, and annoying as possible. Don't make it a song you like. Make it some awful, horrendous, like, robotic beep, 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 uh, just like the worst sound ever. Like, if you could make your alarm the sound of nails dragging across a chalkboard, make it that sound. Make it a horrible, horrible sound. <laughs> This is probably like the worst advice for like um, happiness in the morning. But the reason why is I, I've known many people uh, who will just sleep through their alarms because their alarm is too damn nice. Don't make it nice. Um, but like for example, they actually make alarm clocks now that are puzzles and you have to solve the puzzle to turn off the alarm. Uh, so there's there's a lot of there's one alarm clock where you have to actually put it's a mat. It's a mat that you lay next to your bed. You could actually lay it anywhere, but it only turns off if you put pressure on the mat. So you would actually have to get up out of bed and put your feet on the mat, and that turns the alarm clock off. So there are products that uh, that encourage this self-sabotaging. Uh, so I might sound like a lunatic, but there are products that support this uh, lunacy. But the idea is you don't want to don't want to make it easy to sleep in. Don't try to hit the snooze button. That just jacks you up. Uh, sleep cycles they've shown are like roughly like 90 minute cycles so if you start to fall back asleep and then try to get up you might have like initiated the start of a sleep cycle and then you're actually more groggy when you try to get up um, there's a lot of science about like there's a lot of apps actually you can get to uh, to monitor sleep cycles and they'll actually wake you up within a range where you would set like say a 20 or 30 minute range for an alarm clock and it would predict the 
changeover of a sleep cycle and it'll actually wake you up in like kind of like a, a moment where you would have the most alertness arousal uh, so it's actually really neat there's a lot of science about this stuff uh, i love all these books i've listened to a lot of audiobooks about sleep so you want to in the morning get yourself up turn on the lights uh, maybe listen to a podcast, hint, hint, <laughs> uh, or an audio book. You might even just want to have like meditation time, but don't do it in bed. You'll likely fall asleep. Get up out of bed and, you know, do it sitting in a chair or at a tabletop or, uh, you know, just do a meditation while you're brushing your teeth and, you know, taking morning medicines or supplements or whatever it might be. Uh, maybe take a shower in the morning if that helps you wake up. Um, just try to, try to get up and get moving, get some stimulus up. So at nighttime, you go down, down, down. Down in sounds, down in light, down in activity. In the morning, you go up, up in sounds, up in light, up in activity. So get your body into that rhythm, and that's going to help you uh, improve your sleep quality. Next, we want to look at nutrition. Oh, my gosh. Usually when people are overwhelmed, stressed, uh, their nutrition is crap. Most often when I talk with people with low uh, testosterone or hormone health, they're typically severely under-eating. This is not always the case, but it's it's more often the case than it is any other thing you know anything else. Is they usually come to me and they're severely under eating, so we have to find a healthier balance of calories. We have to increase their protein, and we have to work on timing. If you want to learn how to do that on your own, we do have on the website, www.brutalirongym.com. Go to free nutrition education. The first link on that page is create your own nutrition program. You can literally find out the calories, protein, and timing that's best for you all on your own, totally for free. <laughs> I do have nutrition coaching services. We have one-on-one services. Um, you know, there's a lot of like help with that stuff, but I also want it to be available for free if uh, so that way finances aren't a limiting factor for you getting healthier. But we want to find the appropriate calories, appropriate protein, appropriate timing. Try to reduce sugars. Uh, try to reduce or monitor caffeine. You know, uh, caffeine has like a half-life, I believe, of six hours. So you try not to take any caffeine roughly six to eight hours before your bedtime. Um, you There's a lot of like, there's a lot of sequencing with caffeine that is optimal for health. So, for example, uh, a lot of recommendations say don't consume caffeine until 90 minutes of being awake. Um, then you would consume it at that time, then maybe one time about two hours later, and then you shouldn't consume any more caffeine. Uh, there are you know nuances in science about that, uh, so you can look into that more if you want. But that is something to manage is reduce sugars, reduce caffeine. We also, I do uh, encourage people to reduce alcohol. Alcohol absolutely can jack up your sleep. It's also just wasted calories that will promote uh, fat storage and or reduction of fat uh, being burned off. It, it absolutely has a negative impact on testosterone. Holy freaking crap. Um, alcohol is just literally a poison. It is not good for you. I know a lot of people, uh, if they're resistant to giving it up, it can often be an emotional support. I would encourage you to maybe get some therapy and find a different emotional support. <laughs> One that maybe is a little healthier. Um, so we do want to reduce sugars. We want to reduce um, alcohol. We also want to reduce kind of just heavy meals, like high saturated fat, heavy just blah meals. A meal where you eat and you feel like you have to unbutton your pants and lay down. <laughs> Try to avoid those meals. 
they're, they're often just not healthy meals. Um, typically, when we eat healthy food, we kind of eat it and then we're like, oh man, that felt pretty good. I could eat a little more, but I'm good enough for now. And then you still feel like you have energy to go do something. If you eat and you immediately feel like you have to take a nap, that was probably not healthy food <laughs> or it wasn't a healthy amount or you're just really tired and maybe you do need that nap. But it shouldn't be because of the food. You probably should have felt like the nap was necessary before you ate. <laughs> uh, but those are things we look at with nutrition is trying to get healthy calories, protein, timing, reduce sugars, reduce alcohol, and reduce like heavy meals. And again, we have that free document on the website if you want to learn those uh, elements for yourself or for $100 a month we do nutrition coaching um, so that's an option you can look at our website for that as well then exercise move don't even worry about what it is at first if you currently don't do anything consistently do anything consistently <laughs> so doesn't matter what it is go for walks um, you know do jumping jacks in the corner of your living room whatever it is doesn't matter just move your butt uh, get your butt moving around if you can move three to four times a week for 10 to 20 minutes, that's an amazing start. Aim for that. Once you can get to that, you want to start doing some resistance training. You want to get some external weight loads onto your body. That can really spark uh, an increase in natural testosterone. There's tons of studies to back that up. And typically, it's heavier compound movements, a movement that kind of tests your body. It's safe. But your body kind of gets done with that like bout of effort and goes, holy freaking crap, what the hell was that? Like, whew, that was hard. And that's what we want. Because then the body's going to increase testosterone. It's going to try to put the protein to work to build new structures, increase uh, muscle tissue, uh, increase connective tissue, and try to get you overall healthier. And that's going to help reduce wear and tear stress that you feel throughout the day, reduce cortisol production, which increases, which will improve sleep quality when cortisol goes down. Um, it's more muscle tissue and feeling stronger is all linked together with uh, increased testosterone and better hormone profiles. So get to resistance training when you can that will help and uh, make sure you don't resistance train though without the nutritional support you have to have the proper calories and protein otherwise you're actually digging yourself worse into a hole uh, your hormones will actually get worse so please 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 have the nutritional support if you're going to do the exercise and again if you want any kind of exercise advice we do have our one-on-one -on -one coaching i can literally write stuff that's perfect for your current abilities and whatever you have access to we also have our live monthly programming service i'm bringing this back because it was very popular um where we have pre-existing programming that anyone under a category can can follow uh, so for example we have uh, power to thing female shape development bodybuilding you can pick any of those that kind of pique your interest and you get a brand new program every four weeks every exercise has a video tutorial and we have a group learning document so everybody gets to ask whatever questions they want and everybody gets an answer every single week uh, so that service is cheaper than a one-on-one -on -one coaching because the one-on-one -on -one coaching is all personalized programming, whereas the live monthly programming is a program I write for the categorical goal, but it would be the same program that everybody's going to follow if they want that goal. So those are some options we have. The question I usually get when it comes to uh, crappy hormone profiles or low testosterone is, can I still make progress? The answer is yes. Um, if you improve your habits from whatever you're doing now, you will make improvements. So if you eat like crap, 
but you eat a little bit better, you'll make some improvements. If you sleep like crap, but you sleep a little better, you'll make some improvements. You know, if you don't exercise at all, now you exercise some, you'll make some improvements. If you exercise some, and now you start having weight training, you'll make some improvements. So if you do better than you've been doing, you will get better than you've been getting. <laughs> that So I would encourage you that even if your hormones are not optimal, still move, still do some things, still try to make some improvements. Improvements will be slower. That's just the truth. It's depressing, but it's the truth. And your ceiling for total possible outcome will be lower as well. Um, I wish that wasn't the answer, and I wish I had something more positive to tell you. But the key takeaway is you can make improvements. So the improvements are slower. Yes, that's why good hormones are nice to have. Well, that's why it's worth pursuing a hormone specialist to try to figure that out. And your potential ceiling of progress is lower with a poor hormone profile. But it doesn't mean you can't make progress. You absolutely can improve. One of the things we want to kind of focus on is right now you can work on establishing the habits that you will need to have in place so that if you do get hormonal support, you have all these habits in place to actually optimize and use the hormones. So work on what you're doing now. See what improvements you can get while you're also pursuing any extra assistance that you may need. Remember that doing nothing gets you nothing. But doing something gets you something. And then you can learn from your somethings. And you can better fine-tune your efforts and you can get a better outcome for your efforts. So some things give hope. Some things create movement. Some things doing anything, doing something. Don't do nothing, do something. Some things lead to somewhere, somewhere new. So if you don't like where you are, move. Do something, do anything, literally anything. Because it'll create hope of change. You'll learn from the anything that you do. You'll kind of improve the fine-tune and kind of uh, effectiveness of that effort. And you'll get a little better outcome. You'll improve the effectiveness of that effort. You'll get a little better outcome. It creates movement. It creates progression. Okay. Well, I hope this was helpful. I hope it gave you some good insight. If you have any follow-up questions, if you need anything, just shoot me an email at brutalironjim at gmail.com. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Gym. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.